The traffic hotline, 402-479-1414. Keeping you moving with Time Saver Traffic, I'm Chris Lofgren. Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, Friday, uh, March 3rd. Beautiful 56-degree day. Uh, feels like 57, according to the weather guessers. Uh, winds not too bad, uh, three miles an hour out of the west currently. Uh, yeah, great day. Supposed to be. Great weekend. And then it's going to dip and get a little cold, and I'm hoping uh, next week will kind of be the last and we'll get to permanent spring. But uh, great day to be outside, and it looks like it'll be a great weekend. I'm your host, Jack Riggins, restoring American values, bringing common sense to the capital city occasionally. Caleb Henry is executive producing the show. Um, follow him at Henry on Twitter. He's a good follow. Um, if you want a lot of controversy, follow me, Riggins underscore Jack. That's what I do. I'm I'm almost need to put satire on my account, but that's not completely true because I bop between satire and things I find funny and then other things where I just lose my mind. Um, I had multiple videos of my daughter today. So, oh, well, so, so that that content is out there. Well, you yeah, yeah, I mean, you do you do the sports thing, you do the daughter thing a lot, which is cool. Um you I really notice an uptick um, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit in the show because I like to take advantage of uh, you following all sports. But uh, you do a huge uptick during Husker basketball, both women's and men. Yeah, if, there, if there's a game, and this is one of those that I've had a lot of help from Cole Stukenholz and Matt McMaster, and they, they both host the uh, Husker Hour Saturday mornings here on KLIN from 9 to 10. But in previous years, it would be just sports director – Covers all the games for all the teams, writes all the stories. Well, since I'm co-hosting the morning show Mm -hmm. from time to time coming in here, Drive Time Lincoln, also took on uh, program director duties. I'm like, guys, I need a little bit of help. (laughs) So, so Matt and Cole have been phenomenal. They, they take a bunch of games. They write it up for me. It's, it's been extremely helpful. So on my end and with them as well, we try to tweet the games. Yeah. So, so if there's something on and it was actually, Really, really helpful yesterday because there were technical issues from Minneapolis for the Big Ten Women's Basketball Tournament. And I know uh, B ended up going back to music uh, because that's your that's your home for women's basketball here in Lincoln is B1073. And I was still able to watch on Big Ten Network. And I was like, and someone had responded to me and said, hey, I'm having a hard time hearing the game what are some updates? And I was like, all right, let's ratchet it there up. I was go. giving a few updates here and there, but it's like, all right, let's get a lot more intricate with it. And um, you, you never really realize, and that might be a little bit of what we do here on the radio, is sometimes you feel like you're just kind of doing it right until it goes away, and then the people say, hey, I needed you for X. And it's yeah. like, okay, you realize the service you are providing within people's lives. That's one of my favorite things about radio. That's one of my favorite things yeah. that I get to do. But yeah, my Twitter account, when it is game day, it, it gets ratcheted up a little bit. Well, and like I said, I think you guys, uh, especially in the morning show, I think you you do a good job of not only the uh, what I'll call uh, nuts and bolts of sports, but kind of what's going on in the psyche across the city and leading up. And so there's an element of... Uh, almost entertainment that each potential um certainly radio personality can bring to it and so 
I think people like that too because they're getting the facts, but there's always a twist on it too as a fan when you throw the emotion into mm-hmm. them. And I think people like that. Like I said, I was I was not tracking until your Twitter feed and and Jack Mitchell's, and then I realized, uh oh, we have a Jack stay away moment. What what <laughs> what, what why? Uh, maybe it's a win streak, and then uh, it seemed to be all going good. And I knew Jack wasn't going to be at that last game. He was going to be at home. He had said that. And uh, uh, so far, it was working. But then, hey, Michigan State got It, it worked for 20 minutes. Yeah. And then, then you had the most ridiculous shooting <laughs> and a half that I have ever seen. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it happens. It, it does surprise me in basketball how the streaks can just get going and uh it, I, you see it. It happens. I'll tell you what, uh, we will definitely come back and talk some sports because I always enjoy doing that with Caleb. Uh, news-wise, there's some interesting things. Uh, TikTok's got some new policies out that I think are good policies I, I want to tell you about, especially for the parents out there that may not be tracking and, and just just know uh, what's coming um, that I think is fair, favorable to young people and to uh, parents. Um Governor Pillen, I uh, didn't get to this yesterday, you know, he weighed in on uh, Chinese technology around the state and, and doing what he can do. Uh, probably the biggest news uh, out of Lincoln and the capital city right now, more statewide, is the constitutional carry bill uh, made it through the first round. And, you know, we've talked about that from time to time. I wouldn't say we hammer away at it on shows, but we do have people on that uh, talk about it. I think most recently, you know, the Turning Point USA Nebraska chapter kids, you know, these are college kids and, um, you know, they're obviously a conservative organization, but I did think the numbers were interesting. Uh, it passed 36 to 12 to advance, uh, to the second round. So, I mean, that's a win. Um, if you recall just last year and Senator Brewer who introduced the bill, he did pare down some of the language. I, am not an expert to say what he pared down to make it more conducive, um, but if you'll recall, it was kind of stuck at either 32 or 31, um, last year. And, you know, there were some absentees and people that didn't want to go in. I think one of the things that's changed, at least in the Eastern part of the state, because I'd have to think that many, if not darn near all in the West part of the state support this, um, you know, minus maybe some of the bigger communities like Hastings and Grand Island and North Platte. I mean, you know, that's just natural. Uh, but, you know, when you think of the state and its demographics, I, I would say District 3 voting-wise is a big support. Um, I thought it was interesting that the Omaha Police Union came out and changed their stance in support of it. And and I think that helps because I think when these type of issues come up, like concealed carry uh, or constitutional carry, you know, uh, honestly, it's it's probably not even fair for a guy like me to weigh in because... I did that. I professionally carried arms for 20 years and was trained as good as the United States government can put in. And so, of course, I'm going to be biased. And I would I would say that Senator Tom Brewer's in the same category. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, it does go back to the Second Amendment, and a lot of people want to argue about that. Um, and I think it's good when law enforcement, in this case, the police union, you know, it gives people a little confidence um, with the Omaha Police Union. Now, I know that the uh, actual departments, both the big towns, Omaha and Lincoln, were saying, hey, not not a big fan. Um, but that's a pretty convincing number. And so for fans of constitutional carry, um, it looks like that will go through. Interesting enough, right, as as I have covered on this show, and I think wrongly in the sense of... 
when I get frustrated or I talk about uh, Democratic senators, in this case, uh, Michaela Kavanaugh, filibustering all day long and, and basically slowing down the process, no doubt what that is, I would prefer that legislators, all of them, go and do the work. Um, however, I also would have to say I'm a fan of less government and and when somebody chooses to filibuster, it does mean less bills and less things get done. Uh, and and I'm not I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem if a legislative session only focuses on a key couple of issues uh, because I don't like to see major left and right changes in America. And so I've got to give her credit and the team of Democrats that are using that tactic because they obviously feel that that's where they're at and they need to do that for their constituents. And, you know, folks, if that just means 10 or 15 bills get passed, we're not going to, it's not going to implode Nebraska. It's not a big deal. You have to look a level deeper as to, okay, here, why does, you know, why does Senator Brewer and a lot of people, 36, you know, senators want this? Well, then you have to look at the other side, which is she and others, you know, are making it very painful to get that done, but that is the process of democracy, right? And and I have to say that, you know, if I was a supporter of hers, I would be very proud of her for standing up for that and, and trying to get that done. And so to me, I'm just saying, folks, don't get so emotional about it. It's just the process of our democracy, you know, and people do get really emotional about it. <laughs> you just described Ron Swanson, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> have, have you watched Parks and Rec? Uh, so, I haven't. I need to. Very, very libertarian. Works technically in government as part of the Parks and Rec department. Okay, but gets really excited anytime you can. Uh, you can do cuts to the government in whatever right. way. If you if the government shuts down, he is just giddy. He's because, happy. Yeah, that, that's what it is. So if there is any way to in the filibuster, the way you described it is. Right. If you can just slow down those yeah. wheels of government from turning yeah. as fast as they want to go, that's a very much yeah. Ron Swanson, the libertarian, yeah, the, I, as, as small a government as possible, yeah. less interference wherever possible. Yeah, I mean, you know, some of the things are going to get done and some aren't, and they'll be pushed to next year or whatever, and I, I don't think there's a problem with that. Um you know, so to speak, and I, I appreciate that both sides of the political aisle, as well as probably independents in Nebraska, you know, they're having a good fight about it. Um, Jim Pillen, the governor, you know, I think he saw what was coming with the state senator. I did the show uh, where they were talking about uh, telecommunications companies like Huawei Technologies, ZTE Corporation, uh, Hitra Communications, uh, and, and help me here, I do not speak Chinese or Mandarin or any dialect there, but uh, Hangzhou Hikvision Digital Technology and Daewa Technology. I, I think I did pretty okay with those. <laughs> those, but Hikvision uh, sounds like a TV station in yeah, Alabama. Yeah, well, and the fact that you threw the Hangzhou in front of it, you get a little, <laughs> uh, I don't know, a merge there, but good call. Uh, anyway, just really an executive order to keep... These companies, which are affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party and are on the Federal Communication Commission's covered list, which is includes companies that are considered a risk to national security. Um, I think that any time uh, and again, a state senator had brought this up and it's good to see Governor Pillen just weigh in. I think any time um, just given the state of the world right now that a um, we can use, 
you know, first American technologies, maybe second, those that are more allied towards our way of thinking, um, you know, to bolster, in this case, uh, digital infrastructure, uh, the better right now. Uh, because all these little things, and, you know, when you talk about China and corporations, you know, having key pieces of digital infrastructure or anything, right? Uh, imagine if we had to rely on Chinese companies to build our roads and railroads. I mean, if they were literally Chinese state-owned companies, um, that would not be good, folks, right? We have to be able to, as Americans, you know, build and maintain our own stuff and try to be on the forefront of technology. And while there's a lot of great sharing that goes on between the, the two nations, um, I do think at this time, you know, that's just a nice step. And, you know, I'm sure some other states are doing it, and, and it does put a little pressure or sends a message. I mean, ultimately, we want to get back, I think, to, you know, bo- both world powers being able to get along, you know, work within both mutual interest. And we've probably strayed from that a little bit. So, um, you know, Nebraska doing their part. Uh, I'm probably going to get some hate for this one, which is okay. Um, because I notice, you know, there's a lot of awareness months or national months. Um, we just got, came out of, uh, you know, the February, which was Black History. We did some shows on that. I think very warranted. You know, the one that has spun people up, and I don't want to keep going, but I have to mention it, meaning was March is National Women's Month. And M&M's in today's world with social media had a trans woman on kind of their kickoff. And, of course, depending on your beliefs on that stuff, you know, People were up in arms. Uh, number one, I mean, A, I don't think that is tremendously degrading to all women out there. Okay? I do believe that it's not the best choice of a major company representing women as a whole. However, there are different views on that. And while I don't personally think that's a good choice to roll out national women's month and put a trans woman out there um at the micro level that woman is a woman she believes she's a woman and and she's a woman and she's acting like it and and while that's such a small part of our population i don't think that it necessarily has to be front and center um, and does it take away, as some people are saying, from overall nation, national women's history? Uh, no, it shouldn't. That should be a blip. I think it's great that you know we, we have an entire month that highlights the contributions of women in history and our society, and uh, that'll continue to to go on. And that should be the focus, right? Um, and that should be what we are all trying to learn from, and not you know migrated into a political discussion if you will it's just one i happen to see however i did want to talk about this one which is closer to home although that one's national and of course it's here because <laughs> i think i've got a funny story um it's also uh problem gambling awareness month <laughs> right here in nebraska folks well because of the the ncaa tournament that comes up <laughs> right that, 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 there's right. a big one that happens this month right right so um you know 
the uh, Choices Treatment Center here in Lincoln outlines the exact same thing. You know, it, it's especially easy this time of year because of March Madness for people who are addicted to gambling to get into real trouble. And if you think about it with the Super Bowl, um, and the reason I bring that up is I'll be the first to say, listen, I, I absolutely gamble on my own golf game and golf matches, and it's never a lot of money, right? It's just more for the excitement. Um, I've never been a gambler on sports games. However, I don't know that I grew up with anybody that hasn't. I don't know that in my adult sphere back here in Nebraska that there's not – most of my contemporaries and peers do. Um, so gambling goes on out there. But the funny part is is I had a friend in college that got into a problem that you read about. And, and literally – <laughs> you got to read about it because after uh, he figured out it was an issue and a lot of people came and helped him and he, you know, he obviously got through the addiction. The funny part was, and you'll appreciate this, Caleb, is uh, the Daily Nebraskan because we were at the University of Nebraska. Oh, yeah. The Daily Nebraskan decides during before March Madness to do a similar thing. Again, we're talking about problem problem gambling awareness month. Right. And this is this affects a lot of young people. And my closest friend had an issue and, you know, kind of Rocco and Bruno came to collect one night um, and I I kind of delayed him so he could get out the back door. And that's kind of when we knew the gig was up. But anyway, for those of you that really want a data mind, you can go find it probably in about 1996 or seven daily Nebraskan. But he goes ahead and does this like whole page, like the front page of the daily Nebraskan about his journey and recovery. Wow. And so as I walk out the door to go to campus, because we live together, (laughs) as I walked out the door to go to campus, having no clue this was done, he's like, hey, Jack. I'm like, hey, what's up? He's like, hey, I just want to let you know, uh, I did this article for the Daily Nebraskan. I was like, hey, that's really great. You know, raise awareness to everybody. And he's like, the thing was, like, I couldn't think of a name, so I just used your name. (laughs) Wait, so his pseudonym was just you. So, but it was... It was Jack from Fremont. And I can tell you, I can tell you that everybody from 85 to 95 in Fremont, there was not another Jack. There was not another Jack. Jack has become a common name, but in Fremont, Nebraska, there was not another Jack. So thank God we didn't have cell phones and social media because everybody I ran into at the university from Fremont, for the next three weeks was asking me about it. Yeah. And I was like, it's not me. It's not me. <laughs> no, I read it in the Daily Nebraskan. And then, of course, I go home to Fremont, and now all the parents in Fremont are at, I'm like, it's not me. <laughs> hey, what, what have you been doing? Yeah, what have you been doing <laughs> uh, <laughs> with those student loans? Uh, but nonetheless, hey, folks, it's a serious thing. And, I, you know, I equate it to the same thing and the, the troubles I went through with addiction to pills and, and uh, alcohol. Listen, gambling, much like those, is not a death sentence. Uh, There is help. Um, You can recover from it. You can stop doing it um, and causing all those problems in your life. The National Gambling uh, Help Network, 1-800-GAMBLER, and the Nebraska Gambling Helpline, uh, 1-833-BET-OVER, or go to 1800gamblerchat.org. Folks, these are things that can be corrected just don't be betting things you can't lose, folks. It's enjoyable, but don't get crazy out there. Mm-hmm. The traffic hotline, 402-479-1414. Keeping you moving with time-saver traffic, I'm Chris Ofgren.
You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, it is me, Jack Riggins. Caleb Henry's in studio as well. Second segment, we'll talk some Husker sports all around. There's a lot of good things going on uh, in the spring season as well as hoops. Uh, Maybe touch a little bit on state basketball. Um, But I want to go back real quick. Um, Excuse me, to problem gambling in my little story. Folks, real quick, there's a great article on KLIN.com. Help, hope available during problem gambling awareness month. But ultimately, problem gambling is defined as a gambling, all gambling behavior, patterns that compromise, disrupt, or damage personal, family, or vocational pursuits. Approximately 2 million U.S. adults meet that criteria. Another 4 to 6 have a mild or moderate problem. So just be careful and know there's help out there, um, especially you college students. 1,499 KLIN. Drive time. I'm Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, second segment here on Friday, March 3rd. Still, once again, beautiful day. Temperatures are mentioned up, 55, feels like 55. I'm uh, going to have a great weekend, so make sure you spend it outdoors, but then we're going to get a little cold next week. Um, yeah, we're going to talk some Huskers here in a little bit with uh, Caleb Henry. Um, I want to talk about TikTok real quick, and then an interesting comment uh, Steven Spielberg made uh, concerning UFOs slash UAPs. Let's let's use the term UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomena. Well, let's go let's go to that, and then we'll go to TikTok. Uh, that's kind of the new term everybody's using inside the U.S. government as well as media now. UAP, unidentified aerial phenomena. Instead of unidentified flying object, <clears throat> what's the what are the semantics in that difference? Well, I would say that in reality, to me, there's not much. That's what I'm. However, that's what I'm right. But like on their end, yeah, I think you, the, you, I use think, your old government mind. Yes, <laughs> I, yes, I think the deal going back to Roswell uh, and all over the years is when you say unidentified flying object, you are. Admitting it's an object, meaning, or people can take that to mean that it's unidentified, it was flying, and it was an object, meaning it was something, right? And so, you know, whether you want to say, you know, potato, potato, in the end, they're saying unidentified aerial, because it's in the air, phenomena, meaning we don't know what it is. It could just be lights. It could be lights. It could be uh, Aurora Borealis. It could be paper that's just bustling up there at high altitude. Who knows what it is? I would argue paper bustling up there is a flying object. Well, it it could be. It could be. Um, If you could get the paper and go, (laughs) it was flying and it is an object. Uh, But I do think the two words flying object, uh, they wanted to go away from that. So, um, interesting. I generally do not like when Hollywood people get a lot of press time for a lot of national, uh, God forbid, international issues, meaning I don't, you know, Sean Penn, his opinion, um, while he's entitled to it, shouldn't carry a lot of weight, uh, but he's always out there uh, stumping for something. Um, (laughs) It's just he's just unqualified. It's not that he's not a great actor and I enjoy his movies, but I just think a lot of these people have the platform because of who they are. But Steven Spielberg said one that I agree with. Um, and I like, he says, 
I think what has been coming out recently is fascinating. Just absolutely fascinating. He said this on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Um, and that makes sense if you think of all of his movies and sci-fi movies, uh, without a doubt. But he says, I think the secrecy that is shrouding all of these sightings and the lack of transparency until the Freedom of Information Act compels certain materials to be released publicly. I think that there is something going on that simply needs extraordinary due diligence. And... I would say I concur, sir. Uh, there has been a lot released lately uh, with a, a former Army uh, Lieutenant Colonel Lou Elizondo. He makes the media circuits quite a bit, and he ran a program. Um, and, and, and there has been a lot. And being a Navy guy, uh, frankly, most of the public information of late has come from the Navy. The Navy pilots, very trained people who have seen things they can't explain. And... Uh, and some of the video is fascinating. Uh, so I would agree. I want to know what our government knows, um, unless, of course, it literally would jeopardize national security. But I don't think from what has been public and what Mr. Spielberg is talking about, um, you know, um, does jeopardize national security. I do think this is interesting, too. He said he didn't believe man was alone in the universe. He says, I think it's mathematically impossible. I have two thoughts on that. I would agree with him that I don't necessarily, walking around day to day, believe we're alone in the universe. Uh, because of you know my research and studying and everything, I just love thinking of space, as you guys know. Um, and... It, Mathematically, it is pretty true that it's probably pretty impossible. I would almost say, in a theory, it's almost a constant. However, I would also say that the universe is so large that it is very possible there's millions of things, but it's just nobody can travel the distances that required for us all to link up. You know what I mean? Um, and I know probably somebody's going to say, have you ever seen anything? Uh, as a matter of fact, yes, I can give you an easy one. We did a lot of training. I'd have to go back to look up the exact dates. Uh, but I'm just going to say in the Southern California desert, um, 2004, five time frame. If you are familiar with the Phoenix lights, right? And what was done was uh, there was a large triangle that was witnessed by many people, I think, including the mayor of Phoenix. Um, it made a lot of world press. Um, it was very large. Uh, it had essentially you know, triangle lights. And then later uh, there were lights that kind of shimmered over the mountains and stayed in place. Uh, and that, that made a lot of news. I would just say that on a military training range, both for ground forces and air forces, that I too witnessed the same thing. They weren't part of my exercise. They weren't part of any known aircraft or anything that was in the area. But in fact, uh, when I saw the Phoenix thing, I went, oh, yeah, you know, I've seen that on a military training range. Yeah, just food for thought. There's my there's my experience. TikTok for parents out there. You should be happy uh, today or Wednesday. They announced every user under 18 will soon have their accounts default to a one hour daily screen limit. I think that's good. I think anytime. Young people uh, are being limited a little bit on some of these platforms. Um, I think it's good because some of them, unfortunately, 
um, can just they can stumble upon things that just aren't healthy, and it's tough for parents to control. Um, and you know, while we trust our kids, you know, to a degree, it's trust and verify until you're completely comfortable. Um, but I would also, so that's a good step by TikTok. You know, I would say the other thing for tips, I would say, is make sure that your kids' TikTok is on restricted mode. Make sure their accounts are set to private. And I believe TikTok is also going to mandatory that everybody under 16, their accounts will automatically set to private. And what's that mean? Well, that means that your kids' content will only be shared with their contacts, right? So kind of their friend group, so to speak, opposed to being shared publicly so everybody in the world can see it. I think that's a good thing. If it's not, go check it. Set it to private for some defense. Turn off uh, commenting by strangers. Sure. Uh, limit direct message only to friends makes sense. And of course, TikTok's going to help you out in limiting the time that people under 18 can use the app. I mean, like everything, you have to learn. I mean, we give a provisional operator's permit to people driving a car. I think, I think you, you know, you have to learn the appropriate social media things and taking it in chunks, little chunks and building up until, you know, you're to where you're comfortable with it and it's not negatively impacting your life. Um, is good, but you know, kudos to tick TikTok for doing that. I'll, I will give them credit for. And that. that's that's from TikTok. That's not a yeah. That's, that's from not, TikTok. That's not like a law that went into nope. effect to say blah blah. Yeah, that is from TikTok saying okay, we hear hear people out there. Uh, let's go. All right, I'm going to give a shout out and give Caleb some time to prep for some good Husker positive stories. But uh, because I've had some of the members of the women's golf team on here. Specifically, uh, Megan Whitaker, as well as Lindsay Teal, um, both Nebraskan, native Nebraskans. Uh, Megan, of course, is uh, the defending state amateur champ. But the rest of the team, Kellyanne Strand, Miyu Takashi, uh, Michaela Vavarona, and Andrea Velez won. No kidding. The team title at Westbrook um, in Peoria, Peoria, uh, Peoria Arizona. Um, that is awesome, right? To go out and win amongst a very, very thick field. And, you know, I love golf, so I pay attention. But, I mean, you had Ohio State, Kansas, Rutgers, UNLV, Oklahoma, Minnesota, Penn State, Kansas State, Iowa, Missouri, Wisconsin. Uh, pretty deep field. Really cool, and congrats to the women's golf team. I do get to see them out training quite a bit, and let me tell you what, they are earning it. These girls as a collective group, and even the ones that weren't on this trip, and Coach Jeannie Sutherland, really go about you know, trying to perfect your craft in, in being a student athlete to be great at golf, You know, which in golf team, it's both individual and team, and so... Great start. Congrats. That's really cool. Actually, it seems like, Caleb, a lot of good things are going on with the kind of spark around Husker men's and women's basketball, mm -hmm. softball, uh, as you said, and I couldn't believe it because the last Husker baseball game I heard was on air here, and it was the San Diego one. Yeah, if you stopped paying attention during the, the, the opening weekend of Nebraska baseball, a lot's happened since then. They, they started out 0-3-1. and and even that tie was a giant disappointment on that, that Monday. And then they went 
swept South Alabama last weekend, and you go, okay, that feels pretty good. And you you think you think South Alabama, and it it doesn't bring up a whole lot of strong baseball pedigree. Like you're not seeing them in the College World Series every year. Yeah. All right. That's great. That's a fantastic sweep. It was the first non-conference road sweep for Nebraska since 2005 at Hawaii, who Nebraska will face tomorrow, by the way. And then you get to today with an 11 o'clock first pitch against number seven Vanderbilt. And you think, all right, can, can you just be in the game with every with the pitching issues that you've had? Can you be in the game? Can can you just scratch a few across? Nebraska scores two in the eighth, wins five to three. Over number seven Vanderbilt. That's a big that's win. That's huge. That that's a big program win. That that's phenomenal for Coach Will Bolt and the guys. And they got a lot of weekends still ahead of them. They got unranked Hawaii tomorrow, and then you have defending national champion and number four in the country, Ole Miss, on Sunday. All of these neutral site in Minneapolis playing on a football field. But they've done it. They, like <laughs> like you, if there was a way to t- to take your program and go. Man, this is going to be a long season. Too, I think there still might be something special here. They've done it from yeah. that from that first weekend in San Diego. And yeah, you can about forget about it. I mean, that was just yeah. a, kind of a warm up. And San Diego's no slouch either, right? Uh, but you still think you needed to get at least one or two wins out of there to feel really good about that weekend. And there was nothing to feel good about that weekend. They've won four in a row now. There, there's a lot of really good. Uh, a lot of really good grass in front of this ball club. Yeah, and they've got, uh, again, I think it's great when you play good competition early. It kind of sharpens the knives, and it really maybe exposes some things you need to work on. So that's that's great to hear, without a doubt. Uh, women's softball started off well. They got a walk-off win earlier today, and then, then they uh, then they won again this afternoon. So two and zero to start today. So you're if you're looking at diamonds, Nebraska went three and zero today. <laughs> three really good wins. That's awesome. Uh, got to go back because I haven't quite been tracking, but uh, Husker basketball, from my observation, has a really good chance. Correct to have some postseason stuff. Um, in the NIT. Maybe, maybe not. It depends. They're borderline. They're borderline. So the Michigan State, and we're talking Nebraska men's basketball, yeah. women's basketball, they lost yesterday in the Big Ten Conference Tournament. That's really going to hurt their NCAA tournament chances, although they just like they have bad losses, but they have really good wins on, on the women's side here. So they're a really hard resume to break mm. down because typically you'll have middle-of-the-road losses, and then you'll be like hit and miss against those really good teams. Right. Those are where those are where your bubble teams are going to be. They're not going to be win like thirty point win at a top twenty five Illinois a week ago. Yeah, they're not going to be winning at Maryland and then coming back and having some like really bad losses to teams in the bottom half, bottom third of the league. But that's like that's Nebraska women's basketball's resume. So we'll have to find out on the twelfth if they do sneak into the tournament. Otherwise, mm-hmm. very confident that at the very least they're going to be in the WNIT. Yeah, on the men's side. They got a big one on Sunday at Iowa, and Iowa is playing as hot as anybody in the conference right now. Ever since Fran McCaffrey spent 15 minutes staring at an official late in their stages against what Michigan What was that State. about? <laughs> that made a lot of press. The, he was just throwing another Frantrum. Right. He, um, he and, just was given the silent treatment and the look. And it just, I mean, it was just, just stared at him. Yeah, it was creepy. Was it, what it was. It was. Immature. There you go. But you, you add on that Iowa's playing really well, and Nebraska... Played as well a first half as I've ever seen, and then a second half that was just 
it looked like the emotional energy was gone from the first half that you had senior night, and then you just couldn't get couldn't get back into that um, once Michigan State had taken control. I really think Nebraska needed to win that game to keep mm. postseason hopes really alive. Now they could go win at Iowa, and then you yeah. go, okay, that that splits the last two, and that now that's a road win right. against Iowa. You didn't want the home loss, but that's a road win. And then you get into the NCAA tournament. There's still a couple weird scenarios that Nebraska's not playing on Wednesday. They're not in the bottom four. Yeah. You got to have some things go right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and that's always tough when you start depending on, on other teams to win games to help you out. Sure. What it comes down to is, first of all, Nebraska has to win on Sunday. Yeah. Like you, that's the one thing that you can control if the other dominoes fall. Nebraska might not play on Wednesday for the first time yeah. in the Hoiberg era. So, as my son would say, Dad, it's still mathematically possible. I mathematically. Mean, it, it's, it's possible. It's a Royals fan in June. You're not mathematically eliminated yet, even if the hope isn't there anymore. Well, but here's what I would say. I would say... Uh, I, I hear where you're going with it. However, it appears to me, especially as we talked earlier with your tweets and follows and everybody in, in the Lincoln area who is mostly who I follow, is uh, kudos to Coach Hoiberg and that team because there is a resurgence not only for them in the program, but the crowd and everybody engaged. So the fact that we're even talking... Right about these. That's odds the bigger point, and here. this growth point because they made a growth point huge this year, which I hope continues because it makes it awesome around here. That's the bigger point, I believe, in all of this. Even though the the, the part of this where I'm going to use my brain and not my heart says they're probably still not going to make the NIT. Like right. just the way things are going to play out, still going to be but on the outside of that. It's a huge positive but, trend line for Coach Hordberg's program. But yeah, and you go back and you look at you didn't have Derek Walker to start the mm-hmm. year. For some things that he was going through. And then you lose Juwan Gary and Emmanuel Bandamel over the course of a couple weeks. And you have to rework the roster. And you're losing games. And you're getting blown out. Like, not just like, oh, that's kind of a hurt. That, that loss kind of hurts. It's you're getting hammered. And you have to rework the roster. All of a sudden, you start to see what Casey can do as a primary scorer. You see um, every now and then, Wilcher will go off. Jam- what Jamarcus Lawrence, the growth he's had. Sam Hoiberg yeah. uh, becoming this stellar defensive player that you can count on to get big right. minutes. Throw Oleg and Kada and um, what, what you still get out of a guy like Sam Griesel. All these guys out there, the way the roster was retooled and reworked, to go win five out of six games, four games in a row, was phenomenal. And to be in the spot where we're going, is there a chance, as opposed to, yeah, the wheels came off when they lost two starters. Right, right. Instead, they went and changed the identity of what the team was, and the the, the identity of the team was going to be knock down, drag out, play a bunch of defense. If we're in it at the end, we'll figure it out. Yeah. To super offensive efficiency and we might just be able to outscore you. Yeah. We're going to try to we're going to play really tough defense, double some guys where we need to, pack the paint, hope you miss some shots, but we're going to find a way to outscore you with some really weird lineups. Yeah. That there there's so much credit that needs to go to that team for not getting down on themselves, saying there was still opportunity in front of them mm-hmm. and putting themselves in a position right now to it's a very outside chance, but to be in a position to have that chance still on the table, one game to go in the regular season. Yeah, uh, listen, folks, uh, everybody's you know positive on it, and uh, it's obviously I think Amy Williams has kind of started to settle in and set a standard here, which is great. And uh, uh, listen, uh, Fred Hoiberg's first couple of years were a disappointment for everybody, and here they were rough. Yeah, they were rough, but you know what? This is what you 
expect a coach like him to be able to figure out. And uh, I think it's a great sign, and it, it makes me really happy because it's just good when Nebraska sports are doing good. We'll take a break. Um, I definitely want to talk to you about what I think uh, is such a... Uh, I don't know if I can say it. I just want to say it's a Nebraska middle finger to the world when it comes to volleyball and Memorial Stadium and how proud I am of Trev Alberts and volleyball. And they're bringing in local teams, too. Sunday, very warm, partly cloudy skies and high temperatures in the middle 60s. For the Channel 8 Storm Alert team, I'm Chief Meteorologist Rusty Dawkins. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, we'll finish on a positive here. I was very excited with what I'm going to call the swagger and confidence of Athletic Director Trev Alberts and the Nebraska volleyball team by saying, okay, we're going to set the attendance record. Let's just call our shot. But also bringing in other schools locally. It's really a cool thing, and I think a, a, an attitude and a swagger that can carry on into all sports. And it says a lot about our fan base, of well, course. There's a, there's a couple things with this here in the last minute, but Nebraska could have gone out and they could have gotten a, a Florida or a Texas or a Wisconsin or USC and just gone and said, we're going to get a top-tier program from somewhere else in the country, bring them in. But no, this is about, yes, the attendance record is a big part of this, but if anyone follows former Nebraska volleyball coach Terry Pettit, he has put out some great tweets talking about how the attendance record is nice. This is a celebration. And that's the bigger part of all of this, to have a celebration of this magnitude for women's sports, and not just women's sports as a whole, but a women's sport that Nebraska owns. Yeah. Like, Nebraskans as a whole maybe don't get into as many women's sports, but volleyball is the one. Yeah. And they're going to say, this is the one that we have to have. You grab Nebraska, UNO, UNK, you got your, your NU system schools, add Wayne State to the equation. I'm super excited for it. I'm going to be there. I, I want 60-plus. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, folks, if you don't follow t- Terry Pettit on Twitter, you should. I don't agree with this politics, but I'll tell you what. Leadership readings, philosophy, and just life in general, it doesn't get any better. The man is a sage, old warrior, and one of ours. All right, enjoy your weekend. 1499.3 KLIN.